everyone, and welcome to the HR Happy Hour Network. This is the play-by-play podcast hosted by myself, Jack McFarland, and Nick Schlimmer. Hey guys, how's it going? Like Jack said today, we are excited to be back producing more episodes for you guys, and let's get right into it. Well guys, it's time to celebrate because today we are starting the episode off with a brand new segment, and we're going to call this segment, What in the World? Now, you will see why in just one second, but we're excited to bring it to you. This is going to have some mixed emotions, um, and we would love to hear what you guys hear about it. Today's topic is all about lab-grown meat. Yeah, lab, lab-grown lab meat. Like Jack said, what in the world? This <laughs> I can just see this in the future as being some really interesting content. Could be good, could be funny. Who knows how this is going to go, but yeah, like I said, mean, this lab- is... Lab-grown meat. I mean, tell us more about it. Yeah, exactly. What is lab-grown <laughs> meat? So it goes by a couple different names. Lab-grown meat is kind of the non-scientific, non-proper way to say it, but uh, it's known as either cultivated or cell-based meat. Basically, in simple terms, how it's made is scientists um, take animal cells like the chicken breast cell and then cultivate it in a lab to grow, grow, quote-unquote, the actual chicken breast then they can take cells off of that harvest the meat and start over again that's the most simple way to describe it without getting all scientific yeah yeah i mean kind of like if i'm if i'm getting this right kind of what you mentioned was it's like you're raising a chicken but you don't actually have the chicken you just have the cell yes you're raising you're the still, chicken like, still, cell imagine the chicken growing as it normally would but it's not the chicken. <laughs> it's just the chicken breast, it's which is hard yeah. to think. It's it's almost scary <laughs> to think that science can do that. Like that that is a real thing that people can do is just grow a chicken breast. Yeah. And I then mean, to me, it's like, is it alive or is it not? Because obviously yeah. a chicken's alive and cells, you know, well, see that that gets into a whole other question. Is a cell alive? Yeah. Like it's. It's crazy to think, is that chicken breast alive or not? I don't know. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. I'm just trying to picture it in my head as yeah, picturing a cell and then picturing it on my dinner plate. <laughs> yeah. It's different when it's like the whole chicken growing, you know, but yeah. with just the chicken breast, um, it's crazy. And and some of you guys, most of you guys, I know we were wondering why, why is this needed? Why would anyone want to do it other than to say, hey, I just grew a, a chicken breast, not the chicken. Um, and there is actually a couple reasons that, um, a lot of these companies are citing for wanting to do this. Uh, the first one is for food shortages. So according to the United Nations food and agriculture organization by 2050, the world will surpass 9 billion people total. And they estimate that there will not be enough livestock to feed that many people. And that's not necessarily in the wow. United States. But there yeah. will be food shortages. And so this is like the main goal. They're trying to find other ways to create food. Interesting. And then the second way, which is probably what most people would think about is obviously if you're growing it just from the cell, there's no slaughter or raising of an animal that you would have to feed it and give it water and all kinds of stuff. You're just exactly growing it in a lab instead. Yeah, of you don't really. You don't really have to take, I mean, you take care of it, but not in the same way. It's a lot cheaper to take care of. And it gets into that argument again, where, you know, 
is it really like slaughtering an animal where like killing the animal like i'm not exactly sure this is so recent um mm -hmm. little fun fact um a month ago uh from the date that we're recording this uh was when the u.s uh green lighted two companies to start manufacturing and selling this lab grown meat so it's super recent so we're just giving you all the information that is even available right now um but along with raising and uh not having to slaughter an animal you can also like i mentioned earlier grow quote unquote more meat just from the one animal cell because you start with one cell, you grow it up to the chicken breast, then you take some of the cells off it and restart. So you're really using the same animal cell, same mm -hmm. type animal cell. It's not the same exact one, but you get the idea. It's a way that you can get a lot more meat from just one animal. That's interesting how you could, you're simply, you're basically like growing the same exact thing every time, the same yeah, exact and chicken, like. And see that that's a that's a great point. Like I wonder if every chicken breast turns out the same. If it's the same cell, is it all going to look the same? Is, is it, it all going to look the same? same? What does it even look like? Does it look like a chicken breast? I have no idea. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is I, a great. I question. haven't seen pictures or anything of it. No, you, you can't. I, from what I found, you can't really find any. I'm 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 sure you could if you looked super in depth, but maybe they just looked like chicken, and I didn't know, and I didn't <laughs> know. So, um. But yeah, I mean, growing more food from the same animal is crazy to think of. Mm -hmm. It's like, if that's true, and that really, it does work like that, then we should not have a food shortage. That's for sure. Infinite yeah. food glitch, guys. Infinite food glitch yeah. <laughs> with the chicken breast. Yeah. And, and then, like you said, doing this with growing it from the cell is obviously less energy use as well. Yeah. Yeah. That That's another huge part. Um, It's, it, it's estimated that cultivated meat, um, is 7% to 45% lower energy use, 78% um, to 96% lower emissions, and 99% lower land use. Obviously, you're not having a big pasture or anything. Yeah. And then 82 to 96% lower water use. And I don't remember the exact number, but it does take, you know, it, it does take a good amount of water to actually, you know, maintain these cells and grow them, mm -hmm. but it's significantly less than if you were, you know, putting a, a trough out there for, you know, cattle yeah. to go drink out of all day. So it is using water, but it's using a lot less water. Yeah. And, and then something I want to point out that kind of struck me here was the 78 to 90%, 96%, excuse me, uh, lower emissions. It seems mm -hmm. like this whole, everything in the world is changing to as low emission as possible. Yeah. And I, I'm sure a big part of that is, uh, you know, like, climate change and controlling yeah. your carbon footprint and all that you know trying to help the planet before it's too late which i know that I, they, the scientists have a date where it's like there's no going back once you hit this date yeah and i don't know that might have already passed i know it was i feel in like our lifetime. a couple of those already whenever it was yeah they're like the over supposed to, yeah exactly so maybe this will help who knows <laughs> but yeah a lot lower emissions and like greenhouse gases like because you know yeah. cows you know, make a lot of greenhouse gas, you mm -hmm. know, you know what I'm saying? And so this does not involve that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm sure this is getting mixed, mixed reviews from people. I bet some people are very interested in trying it. Some people are probably absolutely never going to try something like yeah. this. So I'm sure both of these, it's from two companies, both based out of California, and I'm sure they're getting backlash and positive from, from this. 
Yeah. So like I said earlier, it was literally one month ago, they got the green light from the US uh, government to start manufacturing and selling these to like grocery stores and stuff. Now, don't be afraid if you're going to accidentally buy um, mm. lab-grown meat. They have to say uh, on the package itself, cultivated chicken. And that's the thing. It's just chicken right now. So they can only do chicken at the moment. Yeah. But they plan. I was reading, I believe it was. So the two companies are um, Upside Foods and Eat Just are the two company names. And I think it was Eat Just I was reading on their website. They like they they envision being able to grow all types of different meat, like beef yeah. and uh, pork, all that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, why just limit your why limit it to just chicken whenever you, there's always room for for more in the future? Yeah, and it's an it's also interesting to note that the U.S. is not the first country to go ahead and greenlight a project like this. Um, in 2020, in <laughs> Singapore. Um, one of Eat Just, uh, I guess, parent companies or sister companies um, over there got the green light in 2020 to start go ahead and, and doing this as well over in Singapore. But it's still not very widespread over there. It, it's still yeah. very new. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I doubt that like Jackson, Utah, and I'm in Nebraska now, I doubt we're going to see this these brands pop up in our grocery stores just yet. Yeah, I think I'll probably get it a little before you <laughs> if I had a guess just being, you know, I'm just closer to farther west yeah. yeah but it is really crazy to think about so nick if you saw this in the grocery store <clears throat> would what are your thoughts would you try it would you are you I, disgusted by it what do you think i feel like if it was sitting just next to the regular meat i would have to pick it up and look at it and actually try and figure out what this is and then i would say if it, if it looks like the chicken breast sitting next to it from the actual chicken if it looks like it i'll probably give it a shot Unless the price is just way out of proportion, yeah, which is another thing that could could happen. Who knows? That's it may true. be cheaper, but it it may be more just because it's, it's yeah. new. So speaking on the price, I don't. This is not the price that it was selling for. But back in 2015, there was some university that did an experiment with this, where they were growing, they were learning uh, to grow meat like this, and they wanted to sell like a hamburger at the local you know, university restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever it was. I'm not, don't remember, but it cost them in 2015, $300,000 to grow the meat. Mm. So very expensive. Yeah. Nowadays it costs about $11 to make one. So I'm not sure what the cost would be. Yeah. So it, I feel like it'd have to be expensive if it's mm-hmm. still $11 to make. Yeah. But that's a really good point about the price. I think yeah. I, I want to say I'm on a similar page. Like if it looked the same and it was hard to really tell. I don't know though. It's really, it's just, it's almost the thought of it for me. Like, oh, I know it's, well, it's like you think about it and then I'd imagine like most people would be like, what is that? Like you you honestly don't know too much about it unless you're in a university doing chemical engineering, whatever, chemistry in general. It's like, exactly. you know, you don't really think about cells just on your daily basis. Yeah. Well, and then it's like the thought of, you know, a lot of people go for like organic food, like, oh, cage-free eggs, like making sure yeah. the animals are raised properly. And so when you think of something that's grown in a lab or like a GMO, like people do not like that. Some people refuse to eat that yeah. stuff. So I wonder if, if this will get kind of the same reaction where it's like, oh, this was grown in a lab. This is unhealthy. 
Yeah. Like, I wonder what this, what the nutritional value is. Is it the same? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that would play a big factor in it too. Yeah. That's exactly why. So it's like, I'm going to have to pick up this package and actually examine. Yeah. I got to read this. Before. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, I think that's so interesting. Cell grown meat. Yeah. I think what they need to do is like, kind of like way, way long ago when they did Pepsi versus Coke, like the blindfold taste test. Exactly. And it was like, it, it was Pepsi's campaign and everyone was like, I like Pepsi. I like Coke better. And then they try it and pick Pepsi. I wonder if they do the same thing. It's like they have real chicken uh-huh. and lab grown and they have people taste them blindly and rate them. I wonder if there's a difference, if it, even like a big enough difference to tell which ones. Yeah, exactly. Better. If enough people can't tell the difference, then more people may be keen. Yeah. To buy, so exactly. And who knows, maybe, you know, by the time it is 2050 and, you know, 27 26 years almost now you know this year's coming there's going to be so many advances yeah yeah and and it might just be a normal everyday thing to think about it yeah exactly i mean the world is becoming technology and zero emissions lab whatever it's becoming more and more of how do i want to say this like an advanced society yeah exactly yeah no i agree there i mean it's everything but I mean, this meat is just crazy. Um, also, you know, speaking on the technology side, this is a little side note we're going to throw in there from our last episode talking about back to school technology. And we talked about phones and yep. we talked about the flip phone. Do you remember that, Nick? Talking about yeah, the, I, the do talk, I do remember talking about that. Well, turns out I had an, a phone upgrade. I had an <laughs> iPhone my whole life. Um, and we talked about the flip phone. I did a bunch of research on it and I decided to switch to the flip phone. Oh. And I can say for our listeners, it's amazing. I absolutely <laughs> love it. It is so much fun. And the, the thing I like the most about it is you're very mindful on when you're getting on your phone, when you have to flip it up and down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's very easy, but it's like just the smallest action. And you can, you know, you, you open it. You're like, oh, wait, I'm getting on my phone again. Like, when, like let me go do something else, you know? Yeah. So that no, was just that- a little side blurb there. No, yeah, for sure. That I didn't think about that. Like just having the phone like rise to wake, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. It turns mm-hmm. on automatically versus you having to physically open up open the phone. It up. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that does like decrease the amount of phone like screen time that, that you have. Oh yeah, definitely. I've noticed that like I'll open my phone and I'll be like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I, I shouldn't even I don't even need to be on my phone and I'll close it right up. So yeah, that, that awesome. was a little update, a play by play update right there. All right. Well, with that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back at you with some best bets. Welcome back, everybody, to the second segment of the show today. As Jack mentioned before we left, best bets and we are doing everything college football today. The time of the year, some people would say. Yeah, glorious. It's like Christmas that is a couple months long is how i would say and and i can say that going from a school that had didn't have a football team a university didn't have a football team to now being in the big 10 conference i'm Mm -hmm. following college football so much preseason any any kind of media i'm all about it me too i when growing up you know i really only followed ohio state and i wasn't really into college football i was like man people really love college football Mm -hmm. i'm more of an nfl person now that i'm in college I'm college all the way. Yeah, I like NFL fantasy, but that's it. I follow everything college football, all the updates. It, it is so much fun being a student in college and following college football. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. But we're going to talk about our predictions and thoughts for the upcoming season. So yes. we say we jump right into it and start with our top five, our power five predictions. Yeah. So these, like Nick said, these are our power five conference only where there are so many conferences. We're not going to get into everything. So we're doing yeah. power five. I guess I'll start us off here. We're going um our conference championship predictions. Yeah. So I'm going to start us off here with the SEC. My prediction, I feel like, is a pretty common one. It's Georgia. You know, they're the favorite to win yep. the conference. They're the favorite to win the national championship again. They routed TCU last year in it. Uh-huh. Um, that was the most boring <laughs> championship game ever if you weren't a Georgia fan because it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Yeah. So I feel like maybe it's a cop-out pick, but I think it's still the right pick. They might have lost Stetson Bennett to the draft, but they got the number two recruiting class in the whole country, and they yep. just have one of the most well-rounded rosters um, well, in, in in the whole nation. They don't really have a hole on their team. Like, they're good yeah, on I mean, they, those lines. They signed the number one quarterback in the nation, Dylan yeah. Raiola. So, yeah. No, I mean – Nebraska when, guy that went to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, when you win a national championship by, like, what I mean, fifty something points. I can't. It was remember a the lot. Score. It was a lot of points. When you put up sixty in the national championship, people are like, "Oh wait, maybe I want to go to Georgia now." Uh-huh. And you're going to get a really good recruiting class. So <clears throat> maybe it's a cop out pick, but yeah, I've got Georgia winning the SEC. What about you, Nick? It's definitely not a bad pick, but for me, I'm going to go with LSU, Ooh, just because okay. they've always been known for having a solid program. Now I don't know mm-hmm. too much about LSU in particular, about like the roster or whatnot. I yeah. just know that they've always been a they've always been a solid powerhouse school for for football. Yeah, especially back in like, I guess you'd call the 2010s. Yeah, in the, in yeah. the 2010s they're pretty, and it, they've been good recently too. They've had one kind of <laughs> off year, but I mean LSU, go Tigers! You know, mm-hmm. solid team all the time. So I think that's a good pick, and I like your pick more than I like mine because I feel like that's a much more interesting pick. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't want to so... go with I didn't want to go with the oh Georgia Alabama. I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> That's true. Georgia, Alabama. There you go. Thanks for listening, guys. Georgia, Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, that, yeah. LSU and they really do have a chance to win. I mean, it's a tough <laughs> conference. SEC is the best conference in college football by far. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into realignment, which made them even better. But yeah, LSU is a good pick. Let's jump over to the Big Ten, my previous home, your current yeah. home. Yeah. What do you think about the Big Ten? I would love to hear it. The Big Ten, I mean, it's got some solid schools. It also has some not so solid, I guess you could. <laughs> and and I'd hate to say it, but Nebraska is in the rebuild phase, so we're kind of down on the totem pole a little bit. Yeah, rebuilding since '97. Michigan has always been really good at football. I know you don't like Michigan. I'll go Big Blue. But, um... No. <laughs> All right, guys, join us next time where Nick is no longer a co-host. Yeah. So my point. <laughs> exactly. We we were we were typing up the, the our script today, and then all I see is boo next to Michigan. And I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. But I have Michigan. They're gonna lose to Nebraska. Mark my words. Predictions. Let's hope so. They're they're so good. <laughs> They are good. As much as it pains me to say, they have beat Ohio State in the past couple of years, and Jim Harbaugh does have a pretty solid squad. Yeah, but you know what? He's suspended for three games. Is and is that when is that they'll play Nebraska during that stretch? Right. 
I think it's might be early the, on or later on. Be our I don't remember. Game. Yeah. Anyway, I hope Nebraska wins. I hope Michigan loses every game. Yeah. Um, with that I mean, being said, is it any surprise at my Big Ten pick? I'm no. going with the Ohio State University, one <clears throat> of the most pristine universities in the world. I absolutely love Ohio State. I like to joke and tell people that I left Nebraska just so I could root for Ohio State again, <laughs> being in the Big Ten. Some of my first words were the Ohio State. I grew up watching them every Saturday. Yep. Huge, huge Ohio State fan. Um, but my pick is not just based on how much I love them. They are also a really solid squad. Yeah. They're actually favored over Michigan to win the Big Ten mm-hmm. based on betting odds. Now, I don't know if that should be the case. I think Michigan probably should be favored, yeah. if I'm being honest. I think I saw a thing to where Ohio State has – is it five five-star recruits? Oh, something like that. Like, it's it's more than what you would normally see from a university. Yeah, it really they're, is. They're just filled with five and four-star recruits on that whole roster. They're so good. Now, they do have a, I guess, you uh, a quarterback <laughs> battle where they're not sure who's going to be their day one starter. Yeah. But I think you could put me in a quarterback and be just fine. When, just you, have fine. That, when you have that offensive line, when you have yeah. the best receiving core They'll in go the up nation. <laughs> yeah. When you're throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., who will be probably a top 10 pick, definitely a first round pick, that makes life pretty easy. When you have yep. eight seconds in the pocket and you can chuck it up to Marvin Harrison. Um, Throw it up there, he'll go get it. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Plus, Ryan Day is probably my favorite coach. I I got to meet him at an Ohio State camp. I absolutely love Ryan Day. He's such a cool guy. And he runs a really good program over there. So Ohio State all the way. Ohio State. Well, I'll go ahead and we'll do Pac-12. What do you think about that? Yep, that's my that's my new home. Pat, yep, for one Pat year, Club. for one year. I know. We'll I was, get into that later. <laughs> I was looking into like the Pac-12 teams because I just know the Big Ten pretty much in the SEC, and I was like, oh Utah. Yeah, like, I can't choose Utah. I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going with Oregon. I just like I like they've always been solid. I feel like I say that about every team. I just don't know that much about football. Yeah, you're it's definitely hard. a Big Ten. You're definitely a Big Ten. You yeah. know a lot more about the Big Ten. I know a lot more about the Big Ten than any other, any other conference. But, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Solid pick. Now, Oregon is ranked eight, I think, in the AP poll right now. Like, they're they're definitely supposed to be good. Um, Bo Nix, at quarterback, really yeah. solid. He's he's probably their best player, I'd say. I mean, he's he, he'll get drafted. You know, he'll, he'll be pretty good, at least in college. We'll see about the NFL. Mm-hmm. This one I feel like is maybe another obvious pick for me. Obviously, I have to pick Utah. I mean, yep. back-to-back conference championships, and they're only ranked fourth in the conference? There's three <laughs> teams better than them, apparently, and we've won it back-to-back years. That blows my mind. Um, we've never lost the Pac-12 championship with Cam Rising under center. This is his third year. He is coming off an ACL injury, so there is a question mark. How healthy is he going to really be? But I feel like people look to USC, you know, with Caleb Williams, they're ranked yeah. three or four. They're like, oh, my gosh, USC is going to be so good. Well, we beat them twice last year, twice, <laughs> with Caleb Williams getting the Heisman. So Utah is going to win the Pac-12. They'll make it a three-peat to end the Pac-12's existence. <laughs> yeah. To... And I must say, Utah, if they play good enough, could make the playoffs based on their schedule being so tough. Mm-hmm. 
they have a one of the hardest non-conference schedules and then one of the hardest <clears throat> conference schedules as they play Oregon, Washington, and USC, which are all ranked in the AP top 10 right now. Yeah. And Utah's mm-hmm. at 14. So Utah the way. <laughs> but let's round out. Uh, oh, wait, we have two left, actually. Two left. And I believe we might be in agreement on these, I think. So let's jump to the ACC real quick. I've got Clemson. Yep, I do. Um, they've well. got one of the best defenses in the country, new offensive coordinator, and a new quarterback um, who played a little bit at the end of last year after they benched DJ. I'm not even going to attempt his last name. You guys know him. Um, yeah. Like that. It's a hard name to say. He's actually, fun fact, in, at Oregon State now and will play against Utah. And I'll get to see him play because it'll be in Salt Lake. But yeah, their quarterback, uh, Cade Klubnik, another interesting name. Um, he'll, he'll be just fine. He shined last year. And with a new offensive coordinator, they'll be a good squad. Yeah. Always seem to be. Yeah. I mean, especially in ACC. Uh, I know they're they're not favored. Um, <clears throat> FSU, Florida State University is favored. Yeah, Florida um, State. And that could be a game of the year to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, September 23rd, Florida State goes to Clemson um, as a regular season conference game. So depending on their records at the time, that could be a huge game to decide the ACC early on in the year. Yeah. Um, why don't you jump over to the Big 12 and uh, tell everyone what we're thinking. The Big 12, I have te- the Texas Longhorns in the Big 12. Yep, hook them horns. Yep, hook them horns. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, in agreement, uh, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, quarterback Quinn Ewers is – he's good. I don't know what how to say. He's, I mean, is he the greatest quarterback in, in, in the nation right now? No, but he's definitely up there. Yeah. And then uh, they have Arch Manning behind him who's, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's young, probably don't – want to start him this year but you know if Quinn Ewers has to sit or gets hurt or something you've got a stellar backup yeah you've got a solid backup for sure. and under the new um coaching I guess regime you know they they fired a bunch of coaches the, the other year and they got some new ones they've gone from sub 500 to a bowl game win to one of the favorites to win the national championship this year yep. so they've got a solid program I think they're going to end the big 12 as champions um, yeah because this is their last year in the big 12 that's right. But, like, to the SEC. Yes. But one thing to know, they did lose B. John Robinson to the uh, NFL draft, and he was their offense. He just yeah. was. He, he was, was the go-to so good. guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He was so good. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the offense looks like without him. It's probably going to be a lot more pass forward. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, let's hand it off and get an 80-yard touchdown, like nothing. Yeah. Hand but, it to him and get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into conference realignment, what is your super way too early national championship prediction? Yeah. So I know before I say this, Jack is not going to like this again, (laughs) but I'm going with Michigan to win the national championship. And And here's why. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm looking at their schedule and besides their game against Nebraska, Nebraska's going to win, obviously. Yeah. They have a solid, they, they have a solid eight to nine wins, I would think guaranteed. And yeah, I mean I hate to agree with you, but no, that, I mean like true. some of those teams, East Carolina and bowling green should be wins. So it's not like a hard yeah. win per se. But mm-hmm. I mean to have eight to nine wins in college football is, is solid. Yeah. Now on the other hand, <laughs> That could, you know, limit them in the eyes of the committee. Um, True. Like if they if they end up losing one of those games, they won't make the playoffs. 
Yeah. Um. So you you would hope that they'd win. I mean, I obviously don't hope they win, but you would yeah. think that they would win. Um, just based on how how good their roster is. So yeah, exactly. they definitely got an easier schedule. Yeah, I mean, their if, path. if they had gotten matched matched up against some SEC schools and they yeah. beat them, now that would be like huge. That's pretty much huge bonus points for the like as far as voting goes. Yeah, but I mean, they don't have they have games on there that aren't the easiest. I mean, oh they, for sure. I mean, they, they got to play Ohio State. They, they play Ohio State. State. Do they yeah. play Penn State? I believe they, play they have Penn to play State Penn State. Well. Yeah. So it's not an easy schedule per se, but it's on the easier side. Yeah. Definitely exactly. non conference easy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, comparing it to like the SEC, for example, like my buddy, he goes to Mizzou, and I'm like, man, Alabama, LSU, Florida. Oh, yeah, Mizzou. I was like, I would hate to play. Why that. is Mizzou in the SEC? Yeah. They, I, I was looking at the, you know, betting odds. Mizzou is tied with Kentucky for last. I'm yeah. winning the SEC. I was like, I uh, would just hate to see that schedule. <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough one to look at, thinking, oh, we've got no shot. <laughs> At least for Nebraska, there are some games that you're like, you know what, we probably should win. Yeah, I, like I Michigan. Sure <laughs> yeah, Michigan. Like Michigan. We should win that game. Win, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed. But, you heard but it I'm here first. To see who do you have for your national man? Season? I gotta go with the Ohio State University. The um, Ohio State. Utah in my heart. If Utah wins, um, probably ten or eleven games, they might make the playoffs, and then I would change my answer to Utah. Yeah, but. Just assuming that Ohio State's going to win most of their games and beat Michigan, um, I think they'll make playoffs. I think whoever wins the Michigan-Ohio State game will make playoffs. Yeah. I think that's happened the past couple of years. Whoever won that game makes playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I got to go with the Ohio State. For all the reasons I think they're going to win the Big Ten, I think they're going to win the national championship. It's a solid pick. I can't, I can't argue that. It's a solid pick. Well, now let's jump into the madness, and we're not talking about March Madness with basketball. We're talking about conference realignment madness yeah. is what it's been. It has so been many crazy. Teams. Yeah, it, college football will look so <laughs> different by 2024 because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these, you know, it happened. This has been happening for a month now. It's very <laughs> recent for most yeah. of this. Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess we'll go with the Pac-12 just disappearing yeah. into thin air. Within two weeks, Pac-12's gone. Yeah, <laughs> within two weeks, just all the teams are picking up and changing conferences. Yeah, so we'll get into kind of what teams are going to wear. But yeah, the Pac-12 guys, um, as of right now, uh, if they were to play in 2024, it would be Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State. Um, but literally just two hours ago, there are um, serious talks ramping up about Cal and Stanford joining the ACC. Um, they had a vote uh, the other week, and four teams voted no. They need one team to flip to yes, and they'll make it in. So there's a potential that two of those four teams are going to be gone by the end of the week, and I bet you they will be. And then what happens after that? Like Exactly. Two, two teams left. <laughs> two teams left. And if you can't find a conference, then you either have to go independent or possibly join like the Mountain West, like a non-Power 5. Yeah. Um, or sadly, that's when you have to start cutting programs, which no one wants to see, you know. <laughs> Any no. any sports fan, anyone that supports student athletes does not want to see any team get cut. And so, you, you know, you hope they do find a home in, in a new conference. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, 2024 is going to be a huge turning point for that. Exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington all coming over to my conference in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Nebraska's <laughs> schedule is going to look like. I know next year's schedule is going to look really cool. (laughs) 
I mean, three of those teams are ranked in the top 10 right now, you know, Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA is not a bad school at all by any means. But I mean, Washington, Oregon, USC, those are stellar football programs. Yeah. The Big Ten is going to make a good run for its money on hardest conference in the nation Uh with adding those. But then again, the SEC saw, oh, the Big Ten's adding all this. Let me go add some powerhouse schools to an already powerhouse conference. And they're getting Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12. Yeah. Wow. Oklahoma from, yeah. 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 I mean, you're getting, those are, those are the two teams favored to win the Big 12 this year. And they're leaving next year for the best conference in football. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Even though it's two teams, it's going to shake up the SEC like crazy. Oh yeah, it just adds a whole new how do I want to, a whole new outlook as to what yeah. games are must win, what games are yeah, exactly. I mean, there's truly by the time they get on there, there's truly no game unless you play like against Mizzou or Kentucky or maybe a couple of the lower, lower ones that is like an Where, easier win. Yeah, it's gonna be a fight to <laughs> And and don't get me wrong, Mizzou and Kentucky are not they're not bad. Like teams. terrible. I mean, they are no. SEC schools. They get like like Mizzou got uh, Luther Bird in the other year from East St. Louis five star receiver like and they, they just get good players five star as well yeah like they get good there no <laughs> school in the SEC is bad yeah truly um but then you know with two teams leaving the Big Twelve you might be thinking wow you know Big Twelve are they going to go down the same road as the Pac twelve is going where they just yes. start losing everyone and no that's not the case not at all so <laughs> for this season the Big Twelve has added four teams for this year. And BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. And you're thinking, wow, that's that's a pretty big expansion. You know, lose two, gain four, you you bumped it up by two teams. And then you look for 2024 and you realize that, oh gosh, here comes Colorado, yeah. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, Utah. Yeah. all from the Pac-12. And you're thinking, wow, this could make a run for the money for Hardest Conference. Yeah. I mean, they all have arguments now. I'm very excited. I love the Big 12, and I cannot wait for Utah versus BYU. Huge rivalry. Oh, yeah. That's a huge like, rivalry. Here, here in Provo, up in Salt Lake, that's all anyone <clears throat> is talking about. And we, we're not even going to get to see that till next year. Yeah. It's all BYU versus, versus Utah. I mean, it's a. I was reading up on the rivalry. It's like so much more intense than I would have ever imagined. Yeah. Like it is a. Uh, I, I don't know if it's quite Ohio State, Michigan. Um, but it might be when I see it. I mean, I'm excited for it, though. Yeah, and I mean, that bumps that league up to a total of 16 teams. Yeah, now, like, it's a when, huge when, conference. When building a schedule with that, I don't know if you're going to have maybe just one of those, uh, like a school that's not in your conference, whenever the yeah. league is that big. Like, you'll go play a local school, like the school next to you or whatever it may be. But Yeah, like I know this year, teams, like, like yeah. Utah, well, they go Florida <laughs> – in Salt Lake is not conference. Then they go to Baylor. It's not conference. But then we get Weber, which is um, a couple hours away from Salt Lake. It's another in in, in Utah college, which is should be a win. I would hope yeah. so. But yeah, you're right. You're not going to see many of those games anymore with these huge conferences. Yeah, I mean, unless they just start adding more more games to the schedule. So yeah, which they they could, <laughs> but will they? I mean, they've been talking about that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So what I hope this does is kickstarts the expanded playoffs and i'm pretty sure that is coming if i remember yeah the playoffs will get bigger it needs to be more than four teams there's too many good teams to only select four 
and yeah. two of them are Alabama and Georgia every single year, no matter what. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that this will just kickstart that even more. But yeah, and then like we said, Cal and Stanford and SMU are back in talks with the ACC, so that could grow that conference by three. Yep. Um, not necessarily the most powerhouse conference. Um, if I had to predict the next conference to fall, it would be the ACC. Um, I saw a thing today where they were talking about what is the future of college football going to look like, and um, I forget him. He he played for uh, Michigan, won the Heisman. He's an analyst now. He was saying that he believes that it's going to come down eventually to be three conferences really uh, in the nation. So he thinks it'll get to the point where it'll be like, he said SEC, Big 12, and Big 10 was kind of what he thinks. We'll Solid. come that too. So, yeah. Um, I mean, the way it's looking, it does look like that. I mean, the Big yeah. 10 will be at 18 teams. 18. 18. That's, um, I did not realize that. 18 teams now in that conference. Yeah. Or in 2024, we'll have 18. In 2024, yeah. I mean, that's it, – it's it's looking that way. I think I'd have to agree. I think it is going to eventually get to the point where it's – I mean, you could think like – you could think like maybe like if, say, it gets down to three conferences, you're going to have, what, 20-plus teams in, in, in each conference? Oh, for sure, yeah. So, I mean, you may not even play a quote-unquote conference team if it's that big. Like, there's only so much time on the calendar for the football season. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting to think about like what happens to the lower level, like the non-power five, like the mountain West, yeah. like, do you see them expand as well for teams that, you know, like if I had a guess where Washington state was going to end up, I would guess mountain West just being in the region it's in. And it's a little <laughs> lower of a conference. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how those are affected. If college football went to, um, like a three conference thing yeah for sure <clears throat> but yeah guys i think that just about wraps up our college football takes so i think now is time for nick's favorite part of the show <laughs> what do you say we do the quote of the show the quote of the show ah love wrapping up shows with this it's always fun it's always a pleasure <clears throat> and today we have simone biles Oh, there we go. Today. Yep. So, so I tried to go the athlete route. We were talking about mm-hmm. our best bets and college football for, for a while, and <clears throat> and she said, "I'd rather regret the risks that didn't work out than the chances I didn't take at all." And like one. I said, that, that could be that could be pointed towards football, any college sport, or life. Yeah, it's all about anything. Taking that works with yeah. anything. That's it great. Works, quote. It works with anything. Yeah, taking risks, and if it doesn't work out, then. Keep moving on. You know what? Keep going. At least you took the risk. At least you know, you exactly. never know. Yeah. It's like uh you you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's what exactly. it reminds it's me the, of. Yeah, it's the same right? thing as that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap this <laughs> up here. Uh we'd like to say thank you once again for listening and supporting us. We really do love making these episodes and we really hope you guys enjoy listening then too. So if you feel uh feel like it, please reach out to us. Um we'd love uh to hear some feedback from you guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Like I said, today's episode 15. We've done it 15 so far. Looking forward Coming to getting 20. On the year. Thank you for sticking on with us through all this. And the future's bright. Looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yep. Thank you guys so much. And bye for now.